Jay Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by the Gateway Section of the PGA. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearly's here, and we are, where are we? We're on the range. Pearly, welcome to On the Range segment, Golf with Jay Delsing. Glad to be on the range with you, Jay. Let's let her rip. Yeah, let's go. Man, I'm so excited about this show. We got the goats. We've got Jack Nicholas and Wayne Gretzky. Man, I'm I'm excited about this. So we formatted the show like a round of golf, and the um, On the Range segment is our first segment, and it's brought to you by the Gateway section of the PGA. Uh, just appreciate those guys uh, helping us grow the game, doing the things they did. Men and women all across the Midwest, all over the place in different sections. Our gateway section's just here in the Midwest, but they do great things for us, and we really appreciate their help. Pearly, we're skipping the social media because personally, Thank God. we don't Thank care, God. and we got Jack Nicholas to talk about. Love it. Yep. Love it. So, hey, on these interviews, yep. we're doing the best of the best of, right? So we're doing the best of the GOAT interviews. Is that how this is working, or the whole interview? No, we're going to do the best of. We're just we're taking snippets of, um, awesome. of of their interviews, and then we're going to kind of break it down a little bit. And then we're also going to have uh, – Meet's going to hook us up, and on our um, podcasting, they'll say, hey, look, if you want to get the whole interview, you can click here and get the Jack Nicholas interview, get the whole Wayne Gretzky interview. So – um, yeah, that's what we're doing. Okay, a couple of things, a couple of things before we get to Jack. I got some questions for you. Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Are these serious questions? Oh, it's my show. Of course they are. Okay, okay that's what I thought. Dumb. All right, of the top one twenty-five, of the top one hundred and twenty-five players that were exempt this year, twenty twenty-one, how many made a million dollars or more? So, your last year, no, your first year on, on tour, how many guys made a million or more? None. Okay, so it's more than none. It's, that's my hint. That's a hell of a hint, Jay. It's more than none. Out of 125, I'm going to say 86. 124. Woo, baby. The better answer was who didn't make a million? One yeah, guy, exactly. one, number 125, didn't make a million. I've got a better – here's a better question for you because I know you are always interested in this. How many players have made $10 million or more without a win? Oh, man. $10 million. million, You you, you didn't make 10. You didn't make 10. No. I spent 10, though. (laughs) You're like the government. I am the government. Uh, where the government I would is. Say how many guys have made ten million in their career total in the history of the game without a win? I'm going to say, wow, that's a that that number is probably skyrocketing these days. I'm going to say uh, sixty-two. Wow, Pearl, you're 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 not good at this, are you? No, <laughs> <laughs> Pearly, ten people, ten. Have made a million dollars or more. Who leads that ten pack? Million, ten, 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 million. ten players have made ten million dollars or more without a win. Who do you think leads that pack by a good almost four million bucks? Oh my gosh! We mentioned him about two months ago. Who hasn't won? Oh yeah! Now you're calling on my recall. Cameron first, first. Cameron Tringali, fifth over over fifteen million bucks Are with you no win. Kidding me? Over oh, fifteen. He shows up and disappears, shows up and disappears. That's amazing. Yep. How, how much do you think he spent? Do you think he spent 20 like you or just He's not calling me for any advice, so he probably is on the on the good program where he's he's made 15 and he's probably only spent about 3. <laughs> and invested the rest yeah. in some uh, start, startup from Silicon Valley and made another 250 bones. So yeah, that's right. He's in oh. good shape. All right. Anyway, I just had to I had to throw that in there. I, I I've got what some a change, huh? What yeah. a change. I've got and as as we transition to this uh, Nicholas interview, Pearl, I'm blown away at his record. I just all I did was focus on the majors, and I'm absolutely just blown away at what he did and how he did it. It's just absolutely fantastic. The 18 majors speaks for himself, but 19 second place runner up finishes. I mean, 
So, so that's always my question. So when people that, that I think lose track a little bit about what it takes to win out there. So does that mean he choked more times than he won? Yeah, I mean, that's up for conjecture, isn't it? No, not for me it is. That means he's in the hunt because how many times was he in there for third? So he's got another, what is that, six, nine uh, thirds. Uh, he's got a whole bunch of other. He was just there all the time. I think the only way you win a bunch is you got to be there 100%, a lot. 100%. 100%. 100%. Let's go straight into this this interview with the greatest of all time, Jack Nicholas. Only about 100 yards from where Weisskopf holds that putt. The way his head is facing at the moment. Now, up the hill. Oh, did you ever see one like that? Oh. I think that's one of the greatest putts I've ever seen in my life. Jack Nicholas is brought to you by Golden Tee. Jack, living in the Midwest like we do, you know, the weather turned cold, and you put the golf clubs away, didn't you? And then out come football or basketball, whatever. Yeah, I always put my golf clubs away uh, right after the U.S. Amateur, which is generally about the uh, middle of September. And, and I didn't really even look at them until spring started to break around, you know, end of February, March. And, uh, I, you know, I played, played football for a while, but football inter- interfered with the uh, – going to play in the junior national juniors and the national amateur. So I, I gave up football, uh, and I, then basketball was my sport uh, in the wintertime, and uh, it didn't have anything to interfere with it, so I really enjoyed it. So those are the two main sports that I played. Jack, and I saw, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about your dad and his football career and his athletic career as well, but I also saw your senior year of high school you got some All-State mentions and some offers to play college basketball as a shooting guard. Uh, yeah, I got recruited at Ohio State. I think they, I think they were probably misguided a little bit. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, I was. Uh, I scored a lot of points, and uh, uh, but I figured out I wasn't tall enough, quick enough, uh, and uh, you know the guys that uh, came in when I did was uh, Jerry Lucas and John Havlicek and. Uh, Bobby Knight and that group, and they all uh, they won the national championship and were runner-up the other two years. So, so I would have played a little bit. I'd been ninth or tenth man probably, and uh, but then I decided that's not what I wanted to do to run my, uh, you know, uh, run myself all over the place uh, to be, uh, uh, you know, the the, the the team to test our our champions. <laughs> no, that doesn't suit your personality. I don't think. Well. One of the things I thought was interesting, Jack, is the way we see families and parents doing with their children in sports now. It's nothing like the way we did it when I grew up. I did it just like you did it. When the weather changed, we brought out the football and the basketball. And we're seeing these kids dedicate themselves to one sport from such an early age. I think that's a horrible mistake for the kid. And I think it's it's really brought on by the coaches, who uh, I think I think it's very selfish on their part. Uh, and of course, the seasons in most all sports have extended, uh, so they so they overlap more than they used to. I mean, we used to have a very definite end to football, to basketball, to baseball, and so forth. But they don't have that anymore. And uh, uh, but I think that you know I was not a gym rat. Uh, I imagine you weren't either. Uh, we, I, I got my conditioning from playing sports. And when I did that, uh, I mean, I played in a rec basketball league until I was 40 years old. And it was, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed doing those things. And uh, I was always outdoors doing something. Uh, golf was a sport that, uh, I mean, how I got to golf, Jay, was basically, you know, baseball was probably my best sport. But I was just sitting around waiting for a dozen or so kids to come out in a hot, dusty day in Ohio uh, when I could be at the golf course, uh, play at 18 holes in the morning, play at 18 holes in the, in the afternoon, uh, that didn't appeal to me after, you know, after a while. Uh, football, my dad, uh, uh, my, my dad really, he played professional football. He played for the old Portsmouth Spartans, which are now the Detroit and the Lions in the NFL. And, uh, 
he, uh, you know, it broke his heart, but he understood that uh, I wasn't uh, tall enough. Uh, my hands weren't big enough. I was a quarterback, and you know, but it, you know, it just didn't, it didn't make sense in the end. And uh, actually, Woody Hayes was the one that told my dad. He says, he says, I've seen your kid play both sports. He says, you keep keep him as far away from my sport as you can. <laughs> and it was a wise move for him. And but basketball fit in fine. So, but uh, you know, all those other sports, uh, I was, I, I never had a what if Jay, uh, because, uh, you know, I, I was pretty good at all the other sports, but, uh, I knew that I knew what my limitations were and I didn't have any limitations in golf. So that's obviously where I gravitated. Oh my gosh, Jack. When I think about how many times we were playing a pickup baseball game and the shortstop on the other team got called home for dinner and that, and the game broke up. I was the most I was so disappointed and that really led me to golf as well. I I I love that story. Um let can we talk just a little bit about meeting Barbara and what a rock she's been? I I I've got to tell folks I have four daughters and you and your family have sent me christening gifts for the birth of each one of my daughters. I'll never forget it. And you guys are the first family of golf and your wife is such a rock. Yeah, she is, Jay, and she's fantastic. We met uh, our first week in college. Uh, I was walking, uh, uh, it was orientation week, and I went down to say hello to the gal that I had been dating, but we'd already agreed to date around. And Barbara walked up, and the gal's name was Mary, and she knew Barbara, and so she introduced me to Barbara. I walked her to class, called her for a date, and, you know, that's it. We were done. We were on our way for the next 60, well, actually, you can add about three years to that. It's about 64 years, I guess. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know how you were able, you guys were able to manage what you did. All the success, 117 professional wins, the 18 majors, double, triple career grand slams. But, Jack, your family is so important. The, the Christmas cards you send out. You know, I, I got the pleasure of knowing Jackie from college golf and things like that. How did that, how were you guys able to do that? I, I can't imagine with your success, any of that was easy. Well, you know, Jay, our, my focus was on priorities. And family was my number one priority. Uh, you know, we've got four boys, five, four boys and a girl, five kids, 22 grandkids, and you know, that was where, that's where we were, that's where our, our uh, uh, we were brought up that way. Uh, Barb's parents were brought up that way. Uh, Barb's father was a high school a math teacher. As a matter of fact, he taught my father in high school. And uh, uh, the, uh, uh, my dad obviously was a pharmacist. That's what I went to college to be. Uh, he taught me out of that. Uh, but we were still the family values. The family comes first. And then, uh, uh, you know, golf is a game. Uh, it happened to be a game that that, that uh, I loved. It happened to be a game that provided me uh, the opportunity to do so many other things in life. If it hadn't been for golf, you know, what would I be doing now? I mean, I'd probably be a, a club pro someplace or a, a baseball coach somewhere. I don't know where I'd be. It's, it's so true. I think that the fact that I'm sitting here talking to you, Jack, it's just uh, such a pleasure and it's all because of the game and the what the game can do for people, for other people, for the underprivileged. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the foundation, the Nicholas uh, Children's Healthcare Foundation you guys set up in 2004. You guys have raised over $100 million since then. And I know that number's low because of the memorial event that you founded for, oh my gosh, over 30 years and how about that sort of stuff that you guys have done and that the game is right in the middle of? Well, you know, uh, Jay, as you know, and you played when I played, and uh, your charity was part of our tournaments, but it wasn't a big part of our tournaments. And then as the tour grew, uh, they, they found golf to be a vehicle uh, for charity. And as a result, uh, charity became more more emphasis in golf tournaments and charities. So when we started the Memorial Tournament, and I won't go through the long thing, but we felt like the United Children's Hospital saved Nan's life when she was one year old. And we always said that if we were ever in a position to help others, we wanted it to be children. 
Well, we started a memorial tournament, so that hospital's been the beneficiary since day one. The Honda tournament came in about 17 years ago into the Palm Beach area, and we either had to send our children to Orlando or Miami if they were sick. And uh, uh, I looked at Barbara and I said, they said they wanted to help challenge charities. Do you know any? I said, well, we do now because we just started our foundation with, with that. <laughs> and so uh, the Honda tournament's been, uh, we've been the main beneficiary of that tournament since day one. It's been here. Uh, it's grown. The, we made a relationship with Miami Children's Hospital and they wanted to change the name because they wanted to be more global. And they changed it to Nicholas Children's. Uh, obviously, came with a donation, which our foundation was able to raise. And uh, uh, you know, we now, in the last year or so, we've seen we've seen kids from every state in the union and 119 other countries. So you know, it's it's been very rewarding. We've got the main hospital in Miami and 20 outpatient clinics up and down the east and west coast of Florida. Uh, and to see these kids and see the See what's happened for the funds that have been raised and the results they get. You know, it's turned my life around. I, I used to, you know, not look at it that way because I, I wasn't in the middle of it. Now I'm in the middle of it, and I say, wow, you know, the, the effort that we're making and the things that we're doing and what it's doing for these kids, you know, that's it's far more important, and I've used the phrase before, far more important than any four-foot putt I ever made. However, had I not made those four-foot putts, all right, Pearl. I just love, I just love that the the portion of Jack where he talks about growing up, where he talks about doing his thing, where he he he, you know, he, it, man, it just it 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 was so much more normal the way he grew up than most people would would recognize. Absolutely, and I loved when you made your kind of comparisons to growing up and playing the different sports still the favorite part for me of the whole interview and obviously I've listened to it many times but when he talks about it, it's a horrible mistake for the kids to play one sport in, the, in those extended seasons and man he's tough on the he's tough on the coaches he, that's where he blames I, I think there's more more to it than that but of course the coaches is, is, is responsible but I think that's a, a big deal. All right so Pearl we're gonna break on this on ra- on the range segment this is our our, our best of uh, shows obviously a little bit of different format we're going to break here on the uh, on the range segment we'll be coming back for the front nine but we're still going to talk a little bit of jack this is golf with jay delsing this is paul lazinger and you're listening to golf with jay delsing hi jay delsing here for ssm health physical therapy our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the pga tour use that's right SSM Health Physical Therapy has TPI, Titleist Performance Institute, trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screen on you, as well as use the KVEST 3D motion capture system. It is awesome. Proper posture and alignment can help you keep it right down the middle. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSM Physical Therapy. Your therapy, our passion. Thank you, St. Louis, for making the first annual Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson a record-breaking success. The golf was incredible, your enthusiasm unmatched, and the only thing that will last longer than the memories is the impact you've made on North St. Louis County charities. To our sponsors, volunteers, and fans, thank you for welcoming golf's greatest legends and bringing professional golf back to St. Louis with record attendance. See you next year at the Ascension Charity Classic. I want to give a shout-out to my friend Colin Burnt over at the Dean Team of Kirkwood. Folks, if you're looking for any sort of vehicle, I know it says Volkswagen of Kirkwood. Colin has a parking lot full of new and used cars. I was just over there the other day. I bought a used VW Passat for my daughter, Joe who just totaled it in an accident. She texted me, by the way, and said, Dad, I tapped a car in front of me. She tapped it so so well that the car's totaled. Anyway, I talked to um, to Colin, and he is working out a new vehicle for us. But we went over and looked. There is a huge selection of cars over there. My buddy, Pearlie, that does the show with me, had bought a used Toyota truck from Colin and just loved the service and loved the vehicle. Um 
314-966-0303. This is like dealing with family over there. These are great people. Colin's there. His right-hand person, Brandy, is there to, to do anything they can to get you in the vehicle you want. Give them a call today. Powers Insurance and Risk Management is sponsoring a VIP St. Louis Blues game experience for two lucky winners. Enter to win a front row seat right behind the visitor's bench and join Jay Delsing and Tim Davis from Powers Insurance as you take in all the action while the Blues host the Calgary Flames. All you have to do to enter, just go to powersinsurance.com backslash go blues the winner will be announced on january 9th powers insurance is a family-owned agency here in st louis that specializes in robust insurance policies designed to provide coverage that's tailored to your personal needs hey i know you've heard a lot about club fitting but i need you to go visit my friends at pro-am golf they're a family-owned and operated golf discount shop in st louis that has been operating for over 40 years they have a top quality fitter in CJ over there and a very qualified staff with the most up-to-date, state-of-the-art technology in the industry at all. They've got a really cool ball program coming that will help you fit your swing speed to the right ball. But most importantly, they have the lowest prices in town on this fitting. And you know what's really special? They take the price of the fitting and roll it into the new clubs that you purchase over there. So basically, the fitting costs you nothing. Visit Tom DeGrand. He's been in the business for over 40 years and a great guy. And they'll watch you hit balls in their simulator. So stop by and ask for the Delsing discount, and they'll give you even more money off their already low price. That's Pro-Am Golf, a family-owned business here in St. Louis. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jay. I got Pearly with me. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. We're headed to the front nine. That's brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. September 5th through 11th. 2022 Norwood Hills boys and girls and sports fans, ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be awesome. Year one in the books, over $800,000 raised for charities, and there are plenty of tricks up the sleeves of the Ascension folks that are going to make the second year or two bigger and better. So stay tuned and get your tickets. All right, Pearl, we've got. I'm going to do a tip of the cap very quickly, and then we're going to go back to the Nicholas interview. The tip of the cap is brought to you by my friend Colin Burnt at the Dean Team of Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. Tip of the cap this week is to my buddy and great broadcaster, Danny Mack. His right-hand girl, Lauren, and their team at Scoops with Danny Mack. Our show is going to move over to the Scoops with Danny Mack website. You're going to be able to download it. You're going to be able to listen to it. Danny and I are going to get to collaborate and do some uh, things together. I'm so honored and, and can't wait for it. He's got a TV show on Sunday nights on Channel 2. It's a tireless effort to bringing sports to us up-to-the-minute reports in, in the world of for the Cardinals, the Blues, anything from around the country. So we are really appreciating getting a shout-out to Danny Mack and his website, Scoops with Danny Mack. And that's the tip of the cap from... Dean Team of Kirkwood and Colin and Brandy, 314-966-0303. Pearl, get to, getting back to Jack Nicholas before we go over to the Wayne Gretzky interview. One of the things that I loved was when I asked him, you know, if he wanted to take any of any any shots back. Or did you would you like to have a mulligan? Would you and he said the Tom Watson chip in and the chip in to Lee Trevino. Tom Watson's chip in on 17 at Pebble Beach in 1982. And I think Trevino's chip in, I think it was on 18. It, uh, I think it was at either Troon or Royal, Royal Troon. And, and uh, there's something about the way that he approaches the questions, the way that he answers them, the way that when, when I got to talk to him when he was here last year for the Ascension Charity Classic, this guy has got this contentment, this humility, and this matter-of-factness about him that is so welcoming. Yeah, I, I love it. I love that answer. Just so many things about uh, about your questions and the interaction you guys had. Uh, it, it made it easy on you, too, didn't it, Jay? Here you are interviewing a guy that you highly respect across the board for everything. 
and uh, you seemed at ease as well. It's, it's just nice to see a, a guy like that be that, I don't know, that classy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just, just, oh my gosh, couldn't couldn't be better. And you, you think about some of the other interviews you've heard Jack talk uh, about and in, and and the the how about the the robustness of the charity, you know, and how he talks about how much uh, he's caddying now for Barbara and doing the the this work for children's hospitals for involvement in the Honda Classic, um, and on and on and on. And when you hear about the story that we had with Randy Sims on a couple weeks ago, and he had cystic fibrosis and needed some help from certain doctors, yeah. and he goes up to Jack, and Jack says, doesn't say, oh, great, and walk away. He engages in him and talks about this other story, and they relate to one another. I mean, really? The greatest of all you know, time? And that's how he's, he, he's relating to a guy that he's never met before? I mean, just fantastic. You know what's fun about that? That I maybe next time when you talk to him, you can get some information too. There was a time, Jay, when he was dethroning uh, Arnold Palmer. Jack was berated, beat up. I don't mean physically per se, but in the, in the news, I think it was Fat Jack. He, he was this. this he was vilified. This. You're right, Pearl. He, he absolutely, absolutely was. But he didn't get at least now. I mean, I don't know about it at the time, but I think he just played through it, did what he needed to do. And that's fantastic. I think the little bit I have heard him talk about that, I think Arnold Palmer was pretty cool about that situation through that and was, you know, sensitive to Jack that way. It wasn't necessarily piling on. And you I know, think there's probably some great stories in, in, within that story. And, you know, Pearl, it reminds me so much of the what Jordan Spieth did at the Ryder Cup this past year up at Kohler when he, you know, when he went out, got into the face of an American fan and said, we don't need that. When they yeah. were getting after Sergio and getting after Rom, it's like, cool it, dude. We don't need that. You know, right. and I think that's that's they're carrying that torch that was set up, like you said, by AP and Mr. Palmer and then Jack and and, and on and on down the line. Uh, and that's that's the beauty of the game. And and there needs to be standard bearers, and we've got some. You're right about that, Jay. We need to have some more and keep it going. All right, so that's gonna wrap up the front nine. But guess what's coming on probably why don't you take us to the back nine? Tell us who's coming up on the back nine. The GOAT, the great one, Wayne Gretzky. It's Golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, everybody. It's Vince Gill. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. I want to welcome Rapsodo Golf to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Folks, this device is super, super cool. It's small, just a little bit bigger than your cell phone. It works in conjunction with your phone to help track your shots. It talks about launch angle, spin rate, dispersion, uh, how far the ball goes. It is really, really something. You can go to rapsodogolf.com and check this thing out. It'll also give you a couple drop downs. You can see how they're transferring this technology into baseball and softball and they're working with all 30 major league baseball teams now so this is a viable product but if you want to practice in the winter and you want to get better and you want to stop figuring out where that ball went after you hit it into the net get a rap soto and check them out you will love it we appreciate them being part of the show go to rapsoto.com rapsoto.com Marcon Appliance Parts Company needs to recognize the sponsors, staff, and volunteers who made the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic in St. Louis a huge success. Without the tireless effort of hundreds of dedicated people this past year, this PGA Champions Tour event could not have achieved the success it did. The winner in golf is the person with the lowest score. But the big winner of this event is the people and communities of need in the St. Louis area and the tremendous boost to the St. Louis economy as a whole. Well played by everyone who put in the time to make this a wonderful event. It's great to live in your community. Marcone Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America, and a proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I want to thank the Gateway section of the PGA of America for supporting the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Um, there are over 300 men and women PGA professionals in over 100 golf facilities in the greater St. Louis area supporting us. They're experts in the game. They know the business of the golf, of golf. And at this point in time, 
this pandemic. Their golf courses are jammed. These folks are working 10, 12-hour days and just doing great stuff and really appreciate them. Every time you pull up to a public course or a private course, a driving range, there's a really good chance by that that facility is run by a member of our section. Some of the examples of the programs that are run by these PGA professionals and the Gateway PGA section include PGA Reach, Drive, Chip, and Putt, PGA Hope, and the PGA Junior League. To learn more about the Gateway PGA, go to gatewaypga.org. To find a local PGA professional coach for your next session, go to pga.com. The PGA, growing this game we love. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. All right, welcome back to Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me. Brad Barnes-Mead is taking great care of us here, and we are headed to the Back Nine. And it's brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. 314-647-8054. This is a family-owned company for over 40 years in the golf business. The DeGrands are incredible people. And folks, please, please, please get fitted this year. Put it on your, your uh, make, make your, um, put it on your list of, of things to do. Uh, get fitted. Call CJ. He is the best in town. ProAmGolfUSA.com. Talk, ask them about the Del- Delsing discount. I'm doing it. Pearlie's going to do it. Please go over there and get it done. It is going to be fun. They'll roll the price. They'll give you a discount um, if you mention my name. They'll also roll whatever uh, the price of that already inexpensive fitting into whatever you buy. So, Hey, hey, Michelle. Hey, Jay, 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 why is the fitting so important? Seriously, I know, I know that you just did the commercial. You've got to, so there's, there's so much specification in the game now between shafts, between lie angles, between um, um, the uh, just the little idiosyncrasies and the differences in our body shapes, our arm lengths, our leg lengths. They're, they can make a huge, huge difference, and it can really, really add to the enjoyment of the game. There's no doubt about it. There are so many people out there with just the wrong equipment, horrible equipment. Sometimes, well, I just bought this. It must be good. It's not. If it's not fitted to you, and I see it too many times, and unfortunately I see it with some younger kids that are trying to learn the game and enjoy the game. And I'll tell you what, if you've got the wrong equipment, it's, just, it's, it's dang near impossible to go, to go out there and truly learn the game. I, I have a cousin who's got a daughter. And you, like you, I get roped into getting lessons once in a while, which I love. Don't get me wrong. But all of a sudden, I see these people come up with this equipment. I'm like, I don't care if I'm a good teacher or not. Nobody can hit it with that with that stuff you're swinging right there. This isn't going to work. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to buy new equipment. They can take your equipment and make it fit you better. It's just about getting in front of the professionals. That's it. But, um, yeah, absolutely. All right, Pearl, we got to talk about the great one. Number 99, Wayne Gretzky. I got to tell you, when I was at the old, um, oh gosh, it wasn't the old arena. It was at the new place when he came out. It wasn't a meet when Gretz came to St. Louis. And the first time that he stepped on the ice, I thought the place was going to fall down. I thought it was. I'm not sure if it was the old, but it was loud. Was it the key, would it have been Keel Center at that I point? I don't know, but wherever it was, I know it was in night. I think it was in either ninety eight or ninety eight. Yeah, I don't know. It was back then. It was a while ago. But anyway, when he stepped on the ice, the place erupted, and I think he only played for you know twenty games or less for the Blues and ran into Mike Keenan and headed elsewhere. Ninety five, ninety six. He it was eighteen total games. Eighteen total games. So I got you know we were close. That's where we are. We hang. We hang well, around. That's it. terrible. That's terrible. I didn't even know he played for the Blues. Yeah, and we were so disappointed when he went on to New York and then he won a cup with the Rangers. And anyway, that. But but anyway, so John, how about some of this? The, so how about teeing this interview up this way? Here's a guy that when he left the NHL owned 61 records. Wow. Here's a guy that's got more. So in, in the NHL, you get a point for a goal, you get a point for an assist, and you wind up accumulating your scoring totals by, the, by those two factors. He, if you just take his assists alone, 
He has more assists than anybody that's ever played has goals and assists. So he's the leading scorer just on the assists that he has. He's also the only guy in the history of the game to ever post 200 points, 200-plus points in a season, and he's only done that four times. He's won four Stanley Cups. He's won nine MVP, the Hart Trophies. He's won 10 Ross Trophies for leading the league in scoring. Um, man, I I just, I, I, I'm so, as I look back, I'm just kind of blown away and honored that I got to even chat with him. And the way that he handled himself, the, the humility that he showed, just I mean, it's it, there's so many similarities to Wayne Gretzky and Jack Nicholas, John. Yeah, there sure is. Hey, when's the first time he hit your radar screen? When's the first time you heard the name Wayne Gretzky? You're a hockey fan, so I'm, I'm interested to hear this. I'm a hockey fan, and I remember him going, uh, getting uh, kind of drafted, traded to Edmonton. He was a Toronto kid, but he played some games. He played a full year almost in the WHA, the World Hockey um, association. And then one of the owners sold his rights to uh, Peter Pocklington, who was the owner of the Edmonton Oilers at the time. And when he really came onto the forefront, Pearl, is when we were in L.A. and he came oh, down yeah. for the L.A. Kings. Changed, changed the entire game of hockey for Los Angeles and Southern California and actually for the United States because he rose everyone's water level with his salaries and what he did for the game and his presence in the game is it, it just, he did what Tiger Woods doing right now while we're watching it on the PGA Tour. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, it's interesting you say his humility, Jack's humility. We, we get to brag about the, the number of goats that you've interviewed on, this, uh, on your show. And you know what? That's one common denominator between all of them so far is how humble they were, how appreciative they talk about things, how much they appreciated other people. Just very few of them just start boasting. I, I don't think any of them have ever suggested any anything about any record or trophy or anything like that that they've won. They, they just don't go there for, for whatever reason. It's just not who they are. All right, so let's just jump right in right now to our uh, little snippet from our Wayne Gretzky interview. Here comes a great one. Gretzky looking, Gary Curry, McSorley to Gretzky! Wayne Gretzky, the great one, is brought to you by Golden Tee. Gretzky, would you ever look back at, at what you've accomplished and just kind of shake your head? <laughs> uh, that's nice of you to say, but no, I I, uh, I, I more look back and think how lucky I was uh, to play in the NHL. I look back and feel how fortunate I was to meet the people I got to meet, uh, have the memories that I got collected throughout my career. Um, you know, I was telling my kids the other day that when I grew up, the world was such a big place. There was no internet. Uh, we used to look at maps and we had globes. Uh, and the world seemed to be such a big place. Uh, today, it seems to be such a, a small place. Uh, so for me, uh, I knew that uh, through the game of hockey, I was going to get the opportunity to travel and see some cities that I would never get to see. And I'm not talking worldwide. I'm just talking going from Ontario to British Columbia or going east to Newfoundland, uh, being able to go to the province of Quebec. Just so many uh, great memories, uh, and it all came because we came of hockey. So I pinched myself more in the fact that I feel so fortunate that uh, the, the game of hockey opened so many doors for not just myself, but for my entire family. So I feel very lucky, actually. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, you know, Wayne, speaking of family, I know you just lost your dad just not long ago. And for, for another person yeah. that's lost their dad, it's such a difficult time. The way you were grow, you grew up in Brantford and your family was such an important part of all this, wasn't it? Your humility comes through, Wayne, in all these interviews you do. Well, I was lucky. Um, you know, the most important people in your life, uh, obviously your mom and dad, 
but it's an extension from your grandparents. Uh, and then, you know, you have kids and, you know, for me, I'm so fortunate. Uh, uh, my parents were just truly wonderful people. Um, we, we weren't rich as far as financially, uh, the world goes, but we're rich in love and compassion and uh, closeness. And, you know, it's always tough when someone passes. Uh, we, we, we all go through it. But the good news was, uh, you know, we had a great life. Um, we had some wonderful memories together with some wonderful times. Uh, and those things don't go away. That, those are things that last forever. And, uh, you know, you I always tell uh, people when I meet them, the one thing in life that we all know is that we have one dad and we have one mom, and that's the bottom line. And I was lucky. My parents were wonderful people. You know, Wayne, I love the tribute that they showed. Um, I think it was on TSN with your dad in, um, in the hearse rolling down the street and all of these people lining the street. It's almost emotional for me to, 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 and they all had hockey sticks and were tapping the pavement in honor of your dad. Yeah, it was um, pretty unique. Um, you know, COVID has been such a hard thing for everyone. The pandemic has been awful. There's no, there's no way around it. It's just been horrible for the entire world and, Canada and the U.S., it's been bad. And um, the, the one thing that we got to do because of it was we, we pretty much had sort of a private ceremony. Uh, I, I was teasing my brothers that, you know, if there wasn't a pandemic, I don't know where we could have held the funeral because Dad had so many friends and so many people that he spent time with and he helped and he loved. And so from a family point of view, from a selfish point of view, it was, it was you know, pretty private, but when we left the uh, church, uh, we didn't anticipate seeing what we saw. It was pretty emotional, um, and I was saying in the car on the ride to the cemetery, uh, Dad would be smiling uh, right now because, you know, he, he did so many good things for so many people that, uh, you know, that went under the radar, Uh he had this little a blind boy that he took to church for 25 years every Sunday. Um, and to see him at my dad's service and see the people, how they kind of honored my dad, uh, it was it was truly only fitting because, he, you know, that's the kind of man that my dad was. And, and, and Wayne, those stories are just incredible, and it's too bad we're in a, our world, you know, doesn't, put those on the news like they should not that your dad did it for any sort of recognition but there's so many good things that go on unnoticed because we'd much rather hear about you know lousy things that are happening than than something like that yeah you know that's life right now you know um but the end of the day the bottom line is there's so many good people out there and so many people that have done so much for so for people that are less fortunate and not as lucky as we all are Uh, And my dad was definitely one of those people that just truly loved helping people. And he he, he would serve uh, dinners to the homeless twice a week and went to church every Sunday. He had such strong faith. I I, I was telling my kids a couple weeks ago that, you know, his faith was so strong. And yet uh, he didn't eat or or have anything to drink for over 20 days. He he, he didn't want to pass. He, he loved life and wanted to be around his family. Um, but on the other side of it, his faith is so strong that I know he's in a good place right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's terrific. Um, Wayne, let's talk a little bit about the modern game, the modern game in the NHL compared to when you played. Uh, I was looking at some videos the other day when you guys played, in, and, and even a little bit uh, when you first came into the league. The one thing that stands out to me besides – you know, you guys basically played in a wrestling and a boxing league that, that was on, you know, skates compared to what they're doing now. But the goalies in the NHL are these monster men with massive pads. It's It, it just stood mm-hmm. out like a sore thumb. <laughs> well, the game has changed. You're, you're so right about that. Uh, you know, first of all, the... The equipment and the technology itself is so much better than when I played. 
uh, you know, the size of the athlete has changed tremendously. Uh, athletes of today's era in every sport are so strong and so dedicated. Uh, my goodness, just the, 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 the off-season training and the nutrition that they go through compared to what we, we knew back in the 70s and 80s. Um, so, you know, the athlete of today's era is just a better athlete, and, and that's okay. You know, that's the way it should be because I really believe 20 years from now the athletes will be better there then than they are now. Uh, so it's, it's progression. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not saying that the goalies weren't good back when I played, but today's goalies are great athletes. Uh, Grant Fear was one of the first goaltenders that really – uh, was more than just a goaltender. He was an athlete. He was probably the best athlete on that team that I was with with Edmonton all those years. So the goaltenders of today are good athletes. The equipment is lighter for them. It's it's bigger. And that's when you see guys like Ovechkin doing what he's doing and Crosby and Connor McDavid. It's truly remarkable um, because they are playing in a, in a tougher sort of scenario than when I played and Brett Hall played and Gordy Howe played, but that's okay. You know, uh, that's a positive for the sport. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to compare eras because things change all the time. Uh, but that's what makes sports fun. People sit around and they debate who was the best team ever, uh, who were the best players ever. And that's what makes sports so entertaining that, that we have these conversations, but, I'm the first guy to tell you the athletes of today in hockey are better than when I played. It's as simple as that. And that's, that's no knock on anyone because of the time uh, we were the best athletes that they could find in those days. And today they're just, they happen to be bigger, stronger, and faster. Um, and that's, that's a good thing. You know, you know, Wayne, it's, that's really well said. When you played the game, it was obvious you, you saw the game differently. It almost was like the way that you played revolutionized. It, 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 it certainly revolutionized the game. Posting up behind the net like you like to do, the Gretzky office, the, those sort of things. How much of that influence was, was what your dad used to tell you? And how, how did you – how did this – uh, evolution come from you, this ability to see the ice, read the ice, avoid getting your head taken off every night. How, how did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Partly because of fear. <laughs> yeah. Survival, right? Uh, yeah. It's a matter of being uh, safe. But, no, you know, I, I, I tried out for my first hockey team when I was five. And uh, in those days, uh, the, the first league that started was 10-year-olds. Uh, there was no 7-year-old league. There was no 6-year-old training sessions. It was like, all right, there's a 10-year-old travel team, and anybody who's 10 or under, come and try out. And so I made the team uh, as a 5-year-old, and the coach came to, my, to our house uh, to get my birth certificate to sign me up for the league. And when my dad handed him the birth certificate, the, the coach kind of laughed. He goes, I, he can't play. He's only five. I, he can't be on the team. <laughs> I remember the coach left and I couldn't play. Um, so I didn't play on the team. And the next year uh, when I was six, I made that team. And of course, being six with 10 year olds, I was the smallest player in the, in the team and smallest player in the league. Um, so right from a young age, at the age of six, I had to learn how to utilize my skills, which were my hockey sense, um, my knowledge of the game, uh, my belief in what I did, uh, skating and shooting and passing. Um, and, and at the age of 14, uh, I signed to play with a team that was basically 18, 19, and 20. So the point of the story was, you know, I, my game really didn't have to change throughout my whole life because I was always playing against bigger players and stronger and faster. So I had to come up with ideas and ways to compete against those those athletes. Um, and I had a junior coach when I was 14 that told me, you know, watch Bobby Clark play. Bobby Clark play, plays behind the net, in the corner. Uh, he, he's changing the game. So I studied Bobby Clark. 
a great deal. Uh, and I practiced it from a young age of 14. And I think it was something new uh, that defensemen and defense and team defense had never seen before. And so for a few years, I was able to, you know, sort of surprise uh, opponents. And so I just sort of mastered and utilized my knowledge of playing behind the net, uh, using the net as sort of a decoy and as a defense mechanism. And, you know, it just, I carried it throughout my career. So it wasn't like when I turned pro and said, okay, I got to play behind the net and how do I do this? I kind of been working on that for years before I got to the NHL and uh, it never really ever changed. Uh, I wasn't the size of Phyllis Vizito, so I couldn't stand in the middle of the ice and I would have gotten knocked over and been on my butt more times than not. So I just sort of perfected playing behind the net and I just continued throughout my whole career. All right, so Pearl, that's going to wrap up the back nine. Don't go anywhere because you and I get to chat. Oh, gosh, we got more time to kill. We got more time to talk about the great one, Wayne Gretzky, on Golf with Jay Delsing. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. I am with my buddy Joe Sheezer from USA Mortgage. Hi, Jay. How are you? Doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for the support of the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, congratulations. This is uh, your third year. And we're really proud to be a sponsor all three years since the very beginning. It's a great show, and we look forward to it every Sunday morning. Well, thanks a bunch. Tell us just a little bit about USA Mortgage and what you can do for people. Well, USA Mortgage is a uh, ESOP. It's an employee-owned company. So over a 1,000 families here in St. Louis work for the company. So if you want an opportunity to patronize a, a local company, please call USA Mortgage, 314 628 2015, and I'll be more than happy to sit down with you, go over your options, discuss all the different programs that are available, and give you an opportunity to support a local company. Marcone Appliance Parts Company needs to recognize the sponsors, staff, and volunteers who made the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic in St. Louis a huge success. Without the tireless effort of hundreds of dedicated people this past year, this PGA Champions Tour event could not have achieved the success it did. The winner in golf is the person with the lowest score. But the big winner of this event is the people and communities of need in the St. Louis area and the tremendous boost to the St. Louis economy as a whole. Well played by everyone who put in the time to make this a wonderful event. It's great to live in your community. Marcon Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and a proud distributor of General Electric Parts. Hey, guys, I know you've heard golf is booming, and it really is. There are more people playing golf today than ever before. And you know who else is doing great? My friends at Whitmore Country Club, I don't know if you know about their membership, but if you join at Whitmore Country Club, there's 90 holes. They give you access to the links of Dardine, the Golf Club of Wentzville, and the Missouri Bluffs. And the cart fees are included in the membership, so you're not going to get dinged for a cart fee. There's no food or beverage minimums, no assessments, no nothing. Just great golf, great places to eat. They have a large pool complex, three tennis courts. They've got a kid's club. You can drop your children off. You and your significant other, your wife, can go out, play a little golf. You can call them at 636-926-9622. And when you go over there, poke your head in the golf shop and say hi to my friend Bummer. He is terrific. He wants to help you with your game, and he'll show you around. Thank you, St. Louis, for making the first annual Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson a record-breaking success. The golf was incredible, your enthusiasm unmatched, and the only thing that will last longer than the memories is the impact you've made on North St. Louis County charities. To our sponsors, volunteers, and fans, thank you for welcoming golf's greatest legends and bringing professional golf back to St. Louis with record attendance. See you next year at the Ascension Charity Classic. Hey, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Do you want to have a more consistent golf swing? Hell, I know I sure do. SSM Health Physical Therapy's golf program has Titleist Performance Institute certified physical therapists trained to assess your movement patterns, your mobility, and your stability to help make your golf swing more efficient and repeatable. They can help your golf game. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area, 800-518-1626, or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. 
This is Bill DeWitt III, president of the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're talking to Jay Delsing. And wait, oh, sorry, what's the name of the show? <laughs> Golf with Jay Delsing. Oh, yeah, let me start it. <laughs> if you have a car and you're struggling to get some protection for that car, let me recommend Vehicle Assurance. 1-866-341-9255 is their number. They have been in business for over 10 years and have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons why they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process and their premium vehicle protection. So whatever that car looks like, they can help you. You can find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them again at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is refreshed by Michelob Ultra. All right, Pearly, welcome to the 19th hole. Folks, go grab a cold one. Grab your favorite Michelob Ultra product, anything from AB, and jump into this uh, 19th hole with John and I. We've got, we just had the Wayne Gretzky interview. We had a little 10, 12-minute snippet from our our interview that we had with him this past year. This is our our best of shows. And uh, okay, so John, here's the thing that just leapt off the page at me when I was listening to re-listening to those interviews. Both Jack and Wayne talked so much about their families. Talked about what uh, Jack talked about what Barbara's parents were like. Jack talked about what his parents were like. Wayne talked about you only have one mom and dad. And when I watched this tribute that they might as well have represented the entire country of Canada in Bramford, when they gave to Walter Gretzky as his hearse rolled down the streets in Bramford, Ontario, when they all went out to the sidewalk and tapped the sidewalk in respect with their hockey sticks, it was emotional for me. And we talked to Wayne about that, and he said, you know, it was really what was really cool was how COVID really helped this situation out because they actually got some sort of semblance of privacy in this yeah. time where they both said, because their dad was such a cool dude, it was so loved by so many people that they said how many churches would we have needed to fill for all the people that wanted to pay their respects yeah yeah i I love the way he talks about his father Uh, parents in general again how appreciative it was of his opportunity given his family situation uh and and it it was it's just fantastic i i've been kind of blown away on how open he was with some of those private stories because to me that's that's private thoughts and private stories amongst his brothers and, and him sharing that with your audience, I think, is is pretty special opportunity for us to get a, a view inside of what matters to him. Do you remember when we were sitting in L.A. watching Gretz play for the Kings and how hockey had suddenly caught fire in Southern California? We used to be able to go to games when we were in college and wait till they dropped the puck and sit three rows off the glass and not have to pay for a ticket. I mean, there were three or 4,000 fans over there. I can I can remember sitting in a um, at the forum and uh, Marty McSorley was a big fighter and everybody loved the fights and everything and I can remember there was a you know if anybody looked at Wayne sideways Marty was on him and yeah, Marty and, and everybody sure. was in for the enforcer for Wayne and nobody was taking shots at Wayne and I can remember a brawl broke out and there were a couple of couple different guys paired off going at each other and the guy behind us stands up and says hit him with your purse Wayne because Wayne <laughs> wouldn't fight do you remember that yeah oh absolutely. my I can remember them, I can remember them talking about the people about well when he's out in the ice why don't you just check him hard why don't you just hit him hard and they say you ever try to hit a wet rope hard he says the guy he's just never in a position that you can hit him hard yeah he and never that's, made that's himself part, vulnerable like that yeah right, it, part, it, part of his long part of his longevity you can't do what he did not play for a long time and not play for the most part uninjured. I'm sure they had plenty of bangs and bruises and challenges, but overall that's the other brilliance of what he accomplished is played all those years and stayed relatively healthy. And by the way, 
now he gets to live the rest of his life it, it, relatively healthy, playing golf, walking the golf courses. So he's doing. Seems like he's doing all right. That's uh, that's going to wrap up another show, Pearl. Um, but you know what? Let's drop a little tease for next week. We're going to continue with best of shows, and we've got the great Bob Costas and the great Jim Nance going to go back to back on our show next week on Golf with Jay Delsing. How about that, Pearl? I love it. I love it. Go, goats in a different field. Fantastic. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. But don't miss our show next week. We got Bob Costas and we've got Jim Nance. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit him straight, St. Louis. <laughs>